Hello, everybody. I am Robert Butler on this. Let me run my scroll here. Banners. On this 15th day of February. I need to change out my clock here real quick. Uh, nine... 19 and 49. Got a lot I want to talk about today, everybody. Uh, obviously, we'll get into the Super Bowl itself, the bad calls. Uh, got a bone to pick with Roger Cadell and, and, and some of the nonsense over the years has really kind of hit the um, over-the-top button with me. You know, it's kind of hit a standpoint. Uh, this league is successful despite of him, not because of him. And I'll explain to that and, and here in a little bit. But first, in 2003, I talked about this a year ago. 2003, Boston Red Sox manager, uh, Boston Red Sox fired their manager, Grady Little. Uh, the Red Sox blew a 4-1 to lead in Game 7 of the ALCS. And basically, he held it Pedro Martinez too long, right? And he was fired. And people was like, wow, you got to Game 7. I mean, come on, he fired. So, so, so the organization fired Grady Little. And they hired Terry Francona. And like this trade for Matt Stafford, and I said this a year ago, 13 months ago, on this program, I said the goal for Matt Stafford is, like Terry Francona, is to win the Super Bowl. The goal for Terry Francona is, is, is beat the Yankees, and 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 win the World Series. The, the the Rams were 0 and 6 this year against the 49ers, going back a few years. And the goal for for Matt Stafford, like a Terry Francona, when that move was made, beat the 49ers get to the Super Bowl, and win it this time, unlike what Jared Goff did in 2018. Uh, and, and to rely back to that baseball analogy, with, with, with the Boston Red Sox, they came back 0-3 one year later. They came back 0-3 deficit against the Yankees. And the rest is history. They went on to win the World Series. The same thing with this Matt Stafford trade. I mean, they traded two first-round picks and a third-round pick and a player with all the other trades they've done, including first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey, uh, picking up Von Miller, But, you know, taking chances, I mean, less need the general manager, Sean McVay, their job was on the line. 
you know, and, and, and they just pushed it all in and made it happen. But I'll say this again, I, I, I've talked about this before. There was a study done that people uh, volunteered. One group volunteered to change something out of their life. And, uh, well, they were all put up in groups and, and you had to agree to do it before you start the, do the survey. And the ones that volunteered to change something in their life, uh, six months later, the time passed later, they, they were sought to be happy. And then the happier than the ones surveyed who did not change anything. And you saw this risk here that this Rams team did. And, 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 and someone made a good point. Two years in a row, all in, the, the all-in teams win. Uh, Tampa goes after Tom Brady. They, they pick up Leonard Fournette. They pick up one great player after another. They push their chips in. They sign Antonio Brown. And then they come win, win the uh, Super Bowl. But it, it's growing and evolving is a good thing, you know. And I'll say this. There, there is an incident where it didn't work out good. You know, uh, 2006, the then San Diego Chargers were 14-2 and two, and... Got, you know, rest his soul, Marty Schottenheimer was known to be a playoff conservative head coach. Uh, Marty Ball is what they called him. Uh, three runs and a punt. And, and and management there with the Chargers, they fired him. They lost to the Patriots in the divisional round, and, and, and they end up firing um firing him and bringing in North Turner. Now, that is, that is an incident where, and then the team went the other way. They, they went down and lost uh, a few more games. They, got, they were like 10 and 6. They got put out in the first round with LaDainian Thomas, Phillip Rivers. So, uh, but, but the management had the right idea and the ownership. We're, we're, we went as far as we could go with this guy. We're going to go down or we're going to go up. We're not going to stay the same. And look at hindsight on that particular thing. Maybe they should have went with a younger coach who was not set in his ways. I think North Turner had already been fired at one point. He was seen as a coordinator. But, but, but the gist was we have gotten as far as we can with this guy. You know, we, we've gotten as far as we can. And that was McVeigh and Les Snead's idea. Uh, Mr. Cronky was probably going to fire those guys if this didn't come out because they they uh, they mortgaged their future with with draft picks. Now you're hearing Aaron Donald may retire. Now Sean McVeigh's hitting that retire. Maybe he's hitting for more money. I don't know. Uh, he could pull a John Gruden and and and. and go into broadcasting, go to ESPN for eight, 10 years. And the people debate on him coming back and just rack up a lot of money, living a much less stressful life, doing TV, something like that. Uh, 
but but uh, Andrew Whitworth, 40 years old, my age, hitting that retirement. So this team will look – Odell Beckham tore his ACL in the game. There's a chance they're not going to be the same, you know. But jersey sales, all that stuff. And, and as far as the – the game itself. Uh, a lot of talk has been come about the the bad calls. And, 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 you know, I picked Cincinnati to win this game, and I thought they had a shot to win it. I'll say this. If, if Carson, uh, if Joe Burrow doesn't get a sprained knee, they lose this game. Matt Stafford, two interceptions. He's had 20. If you count the Super Bowl in the playoffs, this guy's had 20 interceptions. And that defensive line was so good and so talented. And Cooper Cup never will play uh, another year like this is a this is a great year for Cooper Cup. This is the Bee Gees in 78. Look, everything those guys touched in 70. I watched something on them the other day, Pickles. And they're in that staying alive and the Saturday night fit and all that. Nothing they could do wrong in 78. That's Cooper Cup's year this year. And um, despite Stafford throwing those interceptions, and, of course, Joe Burrow having a sprained knee, he will not need surgery. But if he don't hurt his knee, we're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals winning the Super Bowl. And of course, they did cover that, that four and a half points. But I digress. Uh, the bad call on third down on Cooper Cup was a makeup call. I've never been a fan of makeup calls. It was not pass interference. It was a makeup call. And it was a makeup call for that 75-yard bomb that T. Higgins caught when he face-masked and pushed down Jalen Ramsey, and it was a no call. It was a no call, you know. But... Uh, I don't like that. That's a weakness of these refs. They want to make up call. Don't make up. Just just call the game from, from the first quarter all the way to the fourth quarter. Don't make up a call. Admit when you're wrong when the game's over with. Just call it balls and strikes right down the middle. You know? But that was a makeup call. And Stafford's interceptions were bailed out by those uh pass interference calls, that one that was not one, and uh, your defensive line. Some say maybe Aaron Donald should have got the MVP. Uh, getting all over uh, 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 Joe Burrow. And that being said, Pickles, that being said, I think that they got too pass-happy, Cincinnati. I think if they would have simply – stayed with the same type of of game plan they had in Kansas City. I think they I think they would have busted some of them runs and I think they would have ended up winning the game. But they got uh, I, I've seen this last year Roberto. He got too comfortable back there with that weak offensive line, which I still say I still say they should have took Panay Sewell. With that weak offensive line, just like he did in the Washington game last year, 
And then he got that bad hit, and I knew it was bad. He, I knew it well bad last year. They tore his ACL and MCL. But this year, uh, I knew, I was like, he's hanging on too long. He's hanging on too long. And then, boom, they got to him, you know. But they, they should have stuck with that. I mean, the guy was sacked 70 times, including the postseason last year. That's the third most this, this past season. Third most in NFL history. You know, seven times in the Super Bowl, nine times in the divisional round. You know, but, um, but I, the Stafford storyline, I understand. Um, the the storyline behind him, okay. Uh, he did play 12 seasons in Detroit, got to the playoffs twice there, no wins. The guy's wife, uh, back in 2019, had a tumor in her brain. She had brain cancer, and uh, that was a scary moment for him. So it was no picnic. Uh, so, I mean, you can be, kind of be happy about that. The guy gets an opportunity uh to to to, uh, to win i mean 12 seasons in detroit only issue i've had with matt stafford was a few years ago when he he made a, a comment about in the players tribune about white privilege and all that crap and he's trying to pander and placate to the players uh about something to do with they uh went to a practice field or something like that with Danny and Mandola and Georgia somewhere to work out in the off season. And it was a random field. And, uh, and then when he, then when he went there with um, some of the receivers who were black and then the, the people that, that owned that field or whatever, someone that worked that field said they were trespassing and, you know, you never get the whole story to all that. But he also talked about in that Players Tribune thing that he Stafford said, "Well, you know, I I, I didn't realize how privileged I was." And I'm thinking, "Yeah, yeah, you went to a upper upper middle class high school in Texas somewhere, and and you're comparing your life to an entire race of people in America." And I swear to this Bible, and I usually have it here beside me, pickles. If you live in those projects where I live behind that stadium where the Titans played at and you had to walk to school in 1988 and, and get punched in the face on the way to school because you're skin colored, and then when you become 16, you also get harassed and pulled over because you're driving in the wrong neighborhood by the police, you wouldn't say that comment. So he ticked me off when he said that. That's what I don't like about Matt Stafford, okay? Good transition, though, Pickles. Good transition. Speaking of the Super Bowl, and I notice the halftime show is, you know, the ratings were, by the way, out of this world, 112 million people. And this league, Pickles, is successful despite Roger Cadell. Not because Roger Goodell. And I'm not, I've, I've really cut the guy some slack over the years. But if you start compounding 
some of the idiotic things he's done over the years. And he is the most successful uh, uh, executive because of what he inherited, not of what he's done, that I've ever seen in the history of executives. I think he makes like $50, $70 million a year. But if you look at some of the idiotic things, first of all, go back 10, 12 years ago. Adrian Peterson, he's reading the details of the Adrian Peterson court case, which he has no clue at what he's talking about. He's not a law, he's not a judge. He's not a criminal court judge. And even Rusty Harden, the, the lawyer for, for Adrian Peterson, says, Who the bleep do you think you are, man? You're a commissioner of a football league. You don't work in the criminal justice system. And, you know, between that and the, the Ray Rice thing, you know, getting it, wanting to be judge, commissioner, and doing his own little, and, and, and bringing all that stuff to the forefront, when, when you keep that in the news, it makes it worse. It's like poured salt in the wound, you know? But going back to this halftime show, and this is, I'm not going to be hypocritical. This is my generation music. It's as nasty and as raunchy, but that's, that's, that's the, that was my generation. I love those guys. I mean, that 50 Cent, uh, Mary J. Blas, all, all, even, even the young guy, Kendrick Damar. But you got a guy like Eminem, uh, uh, who has got the same hoodie on he had on 20 years ago on 8 Mile. He hasn't evolved. And you got, and I had it on mute, and I was watching it because I was talking to somebody on the phone. And, uh, and I'm looking at these sexual gestures and stuff, and I'm thinking, yeah, that that's probably that's part of the, you know, uh, can you imagine watching that with your seven year old who kids love football sports, and your eight year old, and you're having Fifty Cent using the word sex on TV, you know, um, it's still a family show. It's still. Uh, and I understand the ratings out of this world, production is good and all that. But there's still little kids that watch this, Roger Cadell. And I say this because uh, uh, Jay-Z was in charge of that. Back, he put Jay-Z in charge of this and did a deal with Jay-Z's company. Uh, was it Rockefeller or whatever? Uh, it might be the other... Rock Nation or whatever to put all this together. That's his way of placating to the to uh, uh, to say well to the side that says everything is racist. You know, just a few weeks ago during the Brian Flores racial accusations uh, lawsuit, and he goes has a meeting with 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 uh, Al uh, Sharpton. You know. And I'm looking at all this stuff, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, why don't you just do like David Stern did in the NBA? Have a strong iron fist, and just when when you when you get when you get compounded with all that, 
noise from people like Al Sharpton and, and, and the media and, and, and Twitter. Twitter is the most, you know, and I know I used to build my brand and it came like hypocritical, but it's the most poisonous, uh, just toxic site of fakeness out there, fake outrage and everything, you know. And, but, but when Brian, when the stuff with, with, with the media up in New York, well, that's where the NFL head base is, by the way. It's a, the headquarters. When they say stuff like uh, LeBron Flores, there's only one black ex, ex, head coach, you need to come back with the facts. You hit those people with the facts and then you shut them up. There's six general managers in the NFL who are black right now. The, the NFL, and that's 20% of the league, it's 32 teams. That's more than the population, okay? That's more than the population. So those are the guys that do the hiring if things are done right. Those are guys, so, so, so you, you come on with the facts, okay? And then you come, you turn around and you say, okay, there's 1,696 players in the NFL, and 70% are black. And you know what the average median salary is in the NFL? $1 million right now, as of today. $1 million. I don't make $100,000 to play a kid's game. The highest paid player is black. He has a half of a billion dollar contract, Patrick Mahomes. So when you want to talk the facts, we can talk. That's the way I would handle it. I would come at your Al Sharptons and your Brian and, and your and your Gail King and anybody else that wants to throw that nonsense. I'm gonna hit you with the facts. And that's how you handle that. Instead, it goes out here and hires Jay-Z and it just you know fouls up and it was pretty good, but there's kids that watch this with their parents. Little kids, seven years old, eight years old, you've got 50 cents saying the word sex. And you wonder why teen pregnancy is what it is. You know, I hate to sound like my parents 30 years, but golly, when you look at it as an adult, you know, there's it's just, you shouldn't have to... Li- Watch that with your kids. And I, and I understand they get it on their phone, but why Why push that, you know? But it's Roger Cadell. And I'm sure there's a few owners out there that would love to do away with Roger Cadell right now. But he's bringing in the bottom line, and that's money. That's money. You know? that And... and, and and soon as that slips, there's there's um, quite a few owners that want to do away with him. What makes the NFL special, folks, is it it is like like uh, Jason Whitlock said. We who's black, but he's you know more of a conservative guy. He's saying that the society should emulate the NFL. The NFL shouldn't emulate society. You know. The society should emulate the NFL. Does the NFL brings people to together from different uh, uh, economic, 
uh, diverse people, economic, social, uh, uh, race, religion. You have some people who are Christian. You have some people who are not Christian. You have some people who who are Muslim, and 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 uh, you have guys from different, you know, social and economic backgrounds. But but Roger Goodell's so weak, and he, he's he's that guy. That, and, and I know his story. He, he got in as an intern. He sucked up and kissed up for years and years and years. And now he's reaping the benefits of a guy like Paul Taglibu. He let the, the, the let law and let, let the legal system do that. You're not qualified to do that, Roger. Let them handle that. And, and and you say, well, what what's your what's your solution? You know, my solution for the halftime show: bring in local high schools. Let 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 the local bands there. If you want to, you know, uh, I come from the ghetto too. Okay, if you want to bring in some inner city school bands and let them uh, do a show uh, and hire some big time uh, choreograph person, choreographer, excuse me, to set it up, do it that way. You don't have to get these mega stars in here. You have to, you know, sex it up. Uh, the the, the halftime show, and and listen, I'm not picking on those guys because that would be hypocritical. Because I do listen to that music, but I'm 40, you know. I don't want the seven year old listen to that. You know, let let's just let's just let that wait. You know, because I'm sure there's some people that's like, man, I wish my kids, you know. I'm sure some parents put that on mute and they probably just said, yeah, let's just, let's hopefully we can go get something to eat. Go, so we don't have to watch that, you know, but it's, it and it's 112 million people around the world watching it. If you add in stream, it was very successful, but it, it's just, and it's all back to his, his leadership. And this league is paying for itself. It's not what he's done. Again, it's the spike Roger Goodell's crowd. You know, despite him getting, making legal issues that players getting worse than what they are because he's constantly bringing them in. And yeah, Pickles, I did actually change the channel. I didn't want to give them that viewership for that because I know what he's, he's a phony. He's, he, he's a, uh, uh, a placator. Uh, uh, he, he's a, um, a virtue signaler, and I've cut him some slack, but truth of the matter is, he's a total mess, and it's, it's despite of him. And I'm starting, and all the successful things NFL done, I bet none of that was his idea. But all this virtue signaling, grandstanding, and getting with Al Sharpton, and getting involved in, 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 in specifically in court cases and stuff, way out of his jurisdiction, way out of his league or his expertise, I bet that's Roger Cadell. The more I hear about him and read about him. So that's what I have to say about that. Um, you know, I wish they had a David Stern type of guy. You know, he said the league has a bad image. Let's start wearing suits, okay? The players griped about it. And then the players started really up in their dress game and guys got endorsements from it. It turned out to be a cool thing because that's real leadership. That's not being jellyfish. Of course, now Stern's dead and the other guy, 
you know, he made it too much of a player. He's more like a a uh, Roger Goodell type of commissioner. Okay. Other news. Kyler Murray. Okay, so Kyler Murray is he's taken everything off his social media related to the Arizona Cardinals. And there was a report out that his teammates just ain't happy with the guy. You know? They're, they're just not happy with him. Uh, I want to see what Aaron... Um, what did they say? Um, I've got some quotes here. Uh, Chris Mortensen says the eye... Uh, you know, he says the odd vibe between the Arizona Cardinals and Car- is alarming. Murray is described as this is from other teammates. When there's smoke, there's usually fire. Uh, Murray is described as self-centered, immature, finger pointer. Murray, hold on, guys. Let me change out my podcast here. Murray is self-centered. Uh, a finger pointer. Oh, let me see. This is what Mortensen said. Uh, he's frustrated with the franchise, embarrassed by the playoff loss to the Rams. He's been framed as a scapegoat. Wears a head in the spike. Chris is Chris Mortensen. The acrimony. The Cardinals expect things to calm down, and Murray is their quarterback. So let veterans hope to reach Murray and how to handle adversity better. Close. Cliff Kingsbury is also self-scouting where he can provide better alternative. Okay. And then Murray says, after that report came out, he says, I play this game for love of the game. My teammates, everyone has helped me get in this position that believe in me to win championships. All this nonsense is not what it's about. Of course it is. He wouldn't have took all that stuff down off of his social media. And I'll say this about Kyler Murray. Uh, Those are great deep ball. Uh, He is also, uh, he's a better player than I thought he would be. But he is an immature player. And he is a guy that, quite frankly, we don't know if he's 5'9 or 5'10. Um. His numbers have totally deteriorated. QBR is worse this year when they went 7-0 and or something like that, right, Pickles? Than it was last year. Now, how is that even possible? But he he's had three complete years. Some are saying this is a way for him to get a contract extension. Um, I want to add that the owner was ticked to the high heavens at I know it's Cliff Kingsbury because he's the head coach. And it's at the organization for the NFC Championship game being between the 49ers and the Rams, the two NFC West teams, when they had a big lead on both of those teams in the middle of the season. But again, you got to look at he's very young. He has been hurt every year. 
even though it, it, if you look at the stat line, it says he's played 16 games first two seasons, but he was hurt those first two seasons. Did he actually miss games this year because of this injury? Uh, I never did like that offense. Got off to a great start this year. I thought maybe I was wrong. They were a Super Bowl team. And uh, I, I remember, I thought it was Rex, Rex Ryan said, you know, this offense always does that. Whether it's college or pro, uh, it's, it's based on speed and finesse. And that wears down as players get injured throughout the season. Uh, handing the ball through the shotgun, doing too much read option from that from that position. He's taking a lot of hits. He had a sprained ankle. So it, it, it's a lot to be thought about. And quite frankly, he's got these guys over a barrel. According to Spot Track, the CBA doesn't allow contracts to ban a player from playing another sport, football to baseball. But Kyler Murray, this is what Spot Track says, and this is pretty accurate. Kyler Moore can void the remaining 5.4 guaranteed money on his rookie contract by paying back his $5.89 million signing bonus. He can go play baseball. Right now, he can go play baseball. He may be holding that over their head through different channels. Okay? So my thing is, you you look at Cliff Kingsbury, which I was never a big fan of. Uh, he kind of won me over a little bit this year with their winning streak. But, you know, the guy had a losing record at Texas Tech with Patrick Mahomes, by the way, mind you. Uh, gets fired. Immediately gets hired by Arizona. And I do think Murray is a talent. But you're looking at the fact that he's threatened to play baseball every year since he's been drafted. Every year since he's been drafted. He's been hurt every single year. He has fizzled out pickles every single year. And I would look at the possibility before he makes a move of possibly looking at the Deshaun Watson situation. This team has the talent to go to a Super Bowl. And if I'm Arizona, I'm thinking, well, we've done two deals already. We've got DeAndre Hopkins. We've got J.J. Watt. They overpaid for Watt. Um, would you accept Kyler Murray for Deshaun Watson? Straight up. And we'll give you a third-round pick. How about that? Uh if, I, if I'm Lovey Smith, I'm looking at that salary. Watson ain't played a down for me last year as a defensive coordinator at Houston. Murray's a that's a that's his home state. He's from like Tyler, Texas, or something like that. And never lost a game in Dallas Stadium, by the way. But he's only eleven million dollar cap hits that so he can have a prove it year type of year with Houston, who's got about $20 million in cap space this year. A lot better situation than they were in last year, you know. And so you give us Deshaun Watson, and we'll give you Kyler Murray, third-round pick. Now, of course, we'll have to watch Watson's, um, you know, legal case and everything, which I think will eventually be 
here any minute, I think that that that's just going to be settled out of court, and that guy is going to be probably. I think he'll probably be signed with somebody by March, which is next month. That's my opinion of it. Uh, but I would look at Murray. Uh, I wouldn't say Russell Wilson because that wouldn't work. But somebody like that, would you trade him for future first-round picks? Possibly. Uh, if Russell Wilson wasn't in their division, they would love to get Russell Wilson, but that's not going to happen, not being in the same division like that, you know. But I would look at possibility of trading him. You could get a lot for him, you know. You could get future picks for Kyler Murray. Would you do something on Green Bay? Probably not. But um, he he's a guy that he, he is a valuable commodity. And he's easy to sell to another uh, organization because he does make Sports Center a lot. Big throws, very fast, good deep ball. But he's also severely undersized. And he hasn't got that big uh, commitment like a Josh Allen or Mahomes simply because. it's his size, you know, and and, and it's catching up with everybody. He's so good that people overlook that. But the thing about it is somebody like that, once they lose their speed, they can't just be a drop back guy. You know, I don't think they could be a drop back guy, but there's plenty of teams that would give you a whole lot for this guy, you know, and, and, and it's something that I would look into. It, it's it, he he's so valuable at that fo- and this is what the GM is going to look at because he he's only eleven million dollar cap hit that'll jump up to eighteen to twenty on the fifth year option, which I'm sure they'll probably pick up. That'll jump up that high, and then after that it gets ridiculous numbers. You're talking Dak Prescott thirty five million, Kirk Cousins type of money, and then then you start to start breaking up the rest of your roster. So yeah. Somebody like Watson, I think that would be something worth looking at. Obviously, you got to dot your I's and cross your T's with that. But uh, it, it's worth looking into, I'll tell you that. Uh, also, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, there's also a report that he could be cut or traded before March the 19th. Uh, that's when his $15 million base salary becomes guaranteed. He may get signed by, uh, Washington, Pittsburgh, Tampa, New Orleans. I'll say this about, about Wentz. And I stated this a year ago to this day. I thought Chris Ballard made the right move in the trade when Phillip Rivers retired almost a year ago to this day, guys. And I thought to myself, well, okay, they're going to give a third and then a conditional one or two if he plays 75%. Uh, Philadelphia got a one. It's what, like the 19th pick? This team has a set offensive line. They have a set defensive line. They're, they're set in the right spots on their defense as a general. Um, Wentz. 
he, he's just the guy that's lost his confidence. Uh, he did get hurt the first four games. He takes too many sacks. You look at the key turnover in the Tampa game. I mean, you look even their games, their big wins over the Patriots. Uh, he had like, what, eight passes in that game? Eight passes, you know? You look at um, even their big win over Buffalo. It was all Jonathan Taylor. Had a career day, like four or five touchdowns or something, Pickles. So, I'll say this. Even if they cut him, it's a $15 million cap hit. I don't know who they would pick up. Would they trade their second-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, but I will say this. Now, Wentz... Wentz at one or two million, somebody may pick him up into that, you know, because then he's low, low risk, high reward. But I don't know who would want to do that at this time. Maybe uh, Carolina seems desperate, somebody like that. And also throwing a team like Washington for, for Kyler Murray. There's a lot of teams that just need quarterbacks. They're a quarterback away. Uh, not just for Wentz, but with Kyler Murray. Uh, Cleveland's a quarterback away, you know. This Ram team, before they won the Super Bowl on Sunday, they were a quarterback away. Cleveland, Washington, uh, the Commanders, not, not, not the Seahawks. They're a quarterback away from winning it. And, and, and this movement here, you get a Carson Wentz for a league minimal, and that's what he'll be. He'll have to go in camp and compete with somebody. You know, a Tyler, a Taylor Heineke, somebody like that. Uh, uh, Carolina is just Matt Rule is on his last limb there. And maybe, maybe Arizona picks up Carson Wentz. You know, maybe those two work out a deal. They played last year. The Colts and Arizona played last year. Pickle says maybe Wentz goes to Miami. Uh, he's more athletic than a, a Tua. They're a very offensive-minded team. They're going to have a run game. But my instinct tells me that Chris Greer is wanting to stay with Tua one more year. He pushed out Flores. That's another part of the story don't get nobody talks about. Greer supposedly pushed him out. He's also black. So, you know. But uh, somebody will get a deal. I commend the trade. I said that one year ago. I said, worst case scenario, they lose $15 million and, and, and a cap hit. Best case scenario, they, they win the division and make a Super Bowl push. Because they had everything else. Indianapolis is a quarterback away. Those are three quarterback away teams. Arizona's a healthy quarterback away. But those uh the Colts, the um Washington, and, and definitely, definitely Cleveland, quarterback away. Maybe, maybe a healthy Baltimore team. You know, I know they do a lot with Lamar. But um, it's it's going to be a fun offseason, guys, to get into. I will say that. 
All righty then. Well, a little side note. I will say this on a positive note, on a lighter note. Um, I did like those commercials. I did like the, the comedy. Uh, the Larry David on cryptocurrency doing his negative curb your enthusiasm. Uh, nothing's going to work, which he's probably right. I don't like crypto. But it's showing him throughout. He was like the guy throughout history, the telephone, everything. Ah, it's not going to work. This is not going to work. That's not going to work. Uh, going to space, that's not going to work. Uh, I thought that was funny. Uh, my personal favorite was Austin Powers, General Le uh, General Motors electric car. Uh, his son has a son, Dr. Evil. And he calls it baby me, uh, mini me, baby. No, he's like, no, his name's Stan. He's like, no, I call it baby me. And then the Sopranos commercial. Yeah, I, I didn't see all of it. I heard a little bit of it, but I didn't see all of it. But I think it had Robert Eiler in it and um, his sister from the show uh, was in that commercial as well. A lot of. A lot of funny actors. The, the commercials were good. The Super Bowl was a massive success, you know. And but but you're seeing guys going back to my overall point is teams that were quarterback away. Tampa was a quarterback away. They won it. Uh, that Rams team quarterback away. So we're going to see some movement and activity here in the next thirty days. Uh, in and around the league with Carson Wentz, Jimmy Garoppolo, possibly Russell Wilson, possibly Aaron Rodgers, if he don't just stay there. There's some movement there. Uh, then, then you got to look at the draft. Uh, Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, are, are teams in love with them to move up enough to get those guys? I don't think they are. I like Pickett more than Willis. I know Willis has got more game speed. Uh, if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan, do you use those three picks and go after somebody? That's food for thought. I know I would if I am the Eagles. So, anyways, guys, if you like the show, share the show. Uh, this program uh, will be and always be for the most part, about my opinion. It will not be about uh, getting guests on here. Um, Jamie Lynn Singler, yeah, yeah. Uh, had a little bit of an issue there with possibly getting a guest on the other day. And I just want to remind my audience, this, this program will never be, will never, the best never depend on their guests. It's always either about the camaraderie between the host and the producers or just the host himself and the audience. The host is so good. And the like Don Amos, he was between, and, and I, I agree with him. He says, he said they did a survey and it says his camaraderie with his producers and himself is what people listen. And that's what I did. And his back and forth with his staff and Rush Limbaugh. It was just his opinion. You couldn't even hear his producers on there. 
but the people would call in and he would have sound bites. That's what separated those guys. And, you know, Howard Stern, his was with, with Robin, and of course it was his interviews, but but mainly it was his back, the chemistry with him and Robin. But even when it was just him in the movie Private Parts, uh, some of the crazy stuff he was saying, getting fired for it. So I just want to remind anybody that, that this show will, and it's going to take more work for me to prep and stuff, and I'm trying to work my way out and then transition to get out of this day job into a permanent job. But that's what I want to base it on, is that and not that. And I will never kiss anybody's rear end to get that uh, because my opinions are authentic and as, or as if just me and you are talking, whoever you are. Uh, I will never be compromised by that. Just want you guys to know that. And uh, I like to remind myself and say that, that I, I will never kiss anybody's rear end to get any kind of guest on this program. And the two guests, the three that I've had, one was a friend's mother that I knew, Kavarius, and he's a nice guy. She's a nice person. Another one, uh, Steph Wood asked me and reached out. She's a very nice person. And, of course, um, I can't find the guy's book that uh, used to be a coach at Notre Dame. He came to me. I will never beg people to do that. Uh, I've, I've reached out a few times through mutual friends and kind of got the cold shoulder. But truth of the matter is I will never put my show like that. And that's what will separate me from everybody else because I will say what I really mean, not what I think is going to offend that person. I probably wouldn't have sounded off on Roger Cadell like that if I worked for NFL Network. But you're not going to get a real opinion of the NFL Network. Just saying. Just, that's a final note to leave you all on. Have a good night, everybody. I will see you around the same time, pending something crazy. It's going to rain here in Nashville. May have a short show. May not have a show when Thursday with all this crazy for my day job. So, uh, so have a good night. I will see you around 9 p.m. Central Time, hopefully, here Thursday here on Sports Scope. Thank you, podcast.